You are listening to episode 97 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we're just poppers playing a prince in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. I am always amazed, sir, by the... Uh the random inflation deflation challenge lines that you were able to create. Hey, I would say that we definitely were not the prince this week. We definitely sucked at this. No, definitely sucked we were, at this. We were disguising ourselves, hoping that we would be able to carry on this legacy. You know what we needed? The sands of time. That's what we needed. Yeah, it would yeah. be very helpful. Yeah. So uh, we played Prince of Persia on the NES. Last week we had played uh, Sands of Time on the PS2. Just uh, couldn't get enough. Just couldn't get enough, and obviously there was... A whole new Prince of Persia trailer, which we can talk about here in a bit. Uh, We're not the only ones who fell off a cliff this week. No, no. (laughs) Ubisoft as well. Uh, So, good episode this week. There's a ton of news that has hit the the market, really. So, Xbox Series X and S join Xbox All Access, so here's what you need to know. Uh, We've got GameStop will reportedly offer payment plans for the PS5 and Xbox Series X consoles. GameStop will also be closing at least 400 more stores in the, by the coming year. Not 400 more, but 400 total stores by 2021. And let's see, we got PlayStation celebrating their 25th anniversary. That came up recently. And the last piece here is going to be Nintendo reportedly telling developers to make their new games 4K ready. Uh, so those are all some great articles that we had this week. As always, let's get started with our pickups. So Ryan, I see you got nothing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I borrowed Ghost of Tsushima from you last week. Yeah, that kind of counts, but you called it as a pickup last week, so you can't count it this week. Well, you know what? I didn't pick it up until after I left because I forgot to get it, and I came back for it. So I'm counting it as being post the last podcast. You know what, folks? He is actually correct. (laughs) He picked it. What did you pick up? Like seven or eight that night? Yeah, I, I went home. I had to do a bunch of stuff around the house, and that took forever, and then like, the first chance that I got to get out of the house and I screwed up super hard. So I did not bring my wife's PS4 pro downstairs. I've been playing on the slim. Oh, so I need to install it on her PlayStation and migrate the save data over so that I can pick up where I left off. Cause like right now I've got to like pull it out of the cubby that I have it in. Yeah. And it sounds like a jet engine trying to take off sometimes. Yeah. You might have to clean that out, man. I can show you to clean out by the way. It's super easy. Well, just, it's not powerful enough. Like I need the, I need the PS4 pros better bits. That's, you know what? That's also probably true. And you probably, I think you get it upscaled any, well not upscaled, but you know, a higher quality, you know, game It'll definitely going through pro. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll continue on a few, man. So you're currently playing Ghost of Tsushima. What do you think so far? I really dig it. It's uh, it's definitely a step away from the Dark Souls 3 hole that I was in. but Which I, you're still in that hole. Well, I'm still kind of approaching it in the same way. Like, I, For anybody that doesn't want to know anything about this game, I guess tune out for a little bit. But I'm not going to go into like spoilers because I'm still at the very beginning of the game myself, pretty much. I might be like... 10 hours in or eight hours in or something but like i've still just been running in and just slashing people to death like i am not a good ghost and i i feel dishonor when they want me to be a ghost because like all of these memories that i have are just like no you face a man 
And then it's like, well, I guess I'm going to jump off this building and stab this guy through the back of the head. Yeah, just wait till it gets to a point where you're like combo assassinating people and there's yeah. like three at once. And it's like, well, not three at once, but a combo of like two or three. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, so this is what Dishonor's like. Well, so at first I was really kind of worried about it. Like, I have been doing a very Dark Souls approach, which doesn't work in this game because the roll takes you too far away. So I'm still running in and hacking and slashing and not really blocking and not really deflecting and using the, like, take less damage, do more damage when you're at 50% health and just kind of sparely using my heals to just kind of keep me from dying, basically. Mm -hmm. And... I'm doing pretty good. Like, I'm having a good time. Uh, there's so many upgrades and stuff to keep track of, but it's easy to keep track of them. So I'm just not sure, like, where I want to spend my money because I know I've read that there's going to be a bunch of new stuff later. So don't burn all my money early in the game. Dude, like I told you, man, I played on lethal mode. I went through the entire thing in just whatever armor I felt I wanted yeah. to get into. Uh, and honestly, there was a couple battles where it on there was one duel in particular where it made more sense for me to be in my traveler's attire or like my, uh, uh, what do you call it? My, um, God, what is a wandering samurai called? Kenshin. Ronin. Ronin. Yeah. There's like a Ronin attire type yeah. thing, I believe. So it made more sense for me to be in another attire versus my armor, oddly enough. And like, I ended up winning a duel because of that, because it had different perks tied yeah. to that particular type of armor. Well, um, the thing that I read that I've been doing is like, you can just pause the game at any time and switch your armor. So it's like, you can just run into a battle, do your first hit with your traveler's attire, pause and switch. It just sucks that like it's like so many clicks deep into the menu. Yeah. Like it would be really convenient if they had like a quick option thing. Well, I don't even think they should have that as an option to begin with. Like once you're in battle, you shouldn't be able to switch your armor. Like, well, that makes no sense. Like, see, that's the thing. It's like it depends on like how gamified you want the game to feel, which is kind of like that's the where the ghost thing just kind of got me because i went and i found a mongol camp like just at the end of my last play session and i was like man there's a bunch of these dudes it wants me to like spy on the leader or whatever and it's like how the fuck am i gonna get in here and then like as i'm like stealthing around in the high grass outside the camp i like get into the camp because i can see where the tall grass leads in just in these little patches with like this little empty space between them. So I just kind of dodge roll from patch to patch. And it's like, I can see the little attention alert bar come up and start to fill up white. And then as soon as I'm over, it just goes instantly away. And I'm like, Oh, so it's not like I really get seen. I can run around and do whatever. And as long as I duck at the last second, I'm fine. So it's like yeah. all of a sudden this like, you can even get into the yellow bar. Yeah. And you're fine. So it's like, yeah, all of a sudden this like tension that I had been feeling in like, oh, man, like I, I just got to go in like I'm already too close. You know, like if you're riding up on the road, it fills up really quick, obviously, because you're being very pronounced. But like, I guess I just got to look at it as like, OK, where are my cover spots? Where is the tall grass that I can duck into? How do I slip? Like, I'm just I'm afraid of like slipping into one of those tents and there's going to be like some dude inside. Just wait until you get to um, later on. I don't know if you could do it right away in the first area, but I, I got to show you a video where I'm riding on the horse and I come up to like a caravan of, um, of like straw hats or something mm -hmm. or some Ronin. And I jump off my horse midair. The um, uh, what do you call it? 
the button comes up obviously to stealth kill mm -hmm. like midair so i stealth kill one guy and then stealth kill the other two in the area right next to it. it's like the most badass things you're just like jump up stab the guy turn around slash the other two guys with no issue while riding directly towards them it's the craziest thing but dude i love that game like it was awesome there's gonna be an online module that comes up mm -hmm. soon i think it's uh tsushima legends i want to say is what it's called it's gonna be a lot of fun i might have to jump back into it when that online component you know kicks back in yeah it kicks in okay well um, what about you john you bought stuff so i didn't always have... the reliable person actually doing his job here I, on the podcast i had to so like this morning i woke up and i was like wait I haven't picked up anything this week outside of computer supplies. So I got the new PSU came in uh, for the computer. So I ended up picking up a 750 watt instead of a 650 because I want to go with um, with the 30 series. I either want to do like the 3080 of NVIDIA or, you know, some combination of that or see what AMD has when they're, you know, when they finally release their crap. So I'm going with one of the two. And if I go with NVIDIA, which is like 700 flipping dollars for their GPU, um, that one in particular needs it says that they require or it's recommended a 750 watt power supply i've had people tell me like you could do it with 650 but i just don't feel like risking it you know why would you yeah like why would i risk it like that's a lot of money let me just go ahead and pick up the 750 it's not going to hurt anything so i got that uh i finally got my case so i'm going to start building the new computer today and hopefully we'll have some good rendering stuff going on here for future videos uh but like i said man i woke up i was like man I did not pick up any games this week. So I went out, did my whole flea market thing, did my whole yard sale thing, didn't find squat until I ran into this like little flea market. And this guy had some, it, it was actually funny. So he had like six or seven games lined up on a table outside of his booth. And um, I saw $3 price tags on some loose Xbox games. And I saw Super Smash Bros, Tales of Zillia on the PS3. And he had an empty Wii or open Wii case that had Mario Kart. So I, of course, asked the guy what he wants. He's like, oh, uh, $3 on the Xbox games. I'll take five on this Xbox One game. Uh, this one, he points to Tales of Zillia. I've got $15 on eBay, so I'll take 15 I'm like, the hell you won't. Like, if you get for 15 on eBay, you're going to make 10 So, like, I didn't tell him that, but I ended up not picking that up. It wasn't worth it. And then he points to Smash Bros. And to my delight, he says $5. It's a $15, $16 game. And then he points to Mario Kart, and he says, oh, uh, that's Mario Kart. i got to have 15 So I'm like, I'll take the Smash Bros. Before I'm about to leave, so I'm literally about to walk away because I don't see anything else, he points to a case and says, hey, check that out over there. I got a few more gaming things. I picked up a Game Boy, which is going to need um, a new speaker, most likely. So I got to swap that. It's a few bucks. And then it needs a new case uh, for it as well. So I'll swap those up in 10 bucks, and I'll probably sell it for like 30 And then another thing I saw was he had a bucket underneath a table. And in there was a WaveBird controller. So I picked up a WaveBird controller with three ps2 controllers and a ps3 controller so ps2 and then ps3 controllers asked the guy bundled everything i said how much for all of the controllers and this game boy and he's like oh 25 bucks so not bad deal yeah so a good deal on that and then i ended up picking up uh so this was kind of random uh, some lady had a bunch of action figures so i picked up a Canada bike sealed mcfarlane and a tetsuo uh sealed mcfarlane for like 50 bucks from this lady so akita anime series or anime movie and then i believe they're coming off a live action here pretty soon they're supposed to be doing that yeah they've been saying that since i was in high school no i mean i've heard a lot more things recently like i think this is something that will be coming up sooner rather than later 
whatever. When Ryan, hell freezes over, I I will Google this afterwards to prove you wrong. Don't let what happened to Dragon Ball. Don't let what happened to Ghost in the Shell happen again. But see, here's what Ghost in the Shell wasn't terrible. Yes, it was. Yeah, okay, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't. It was so bad I didn't see it. Okay, well I saw it for free if it's Battle, Battle Angel Alita was good. I haven't seen that one yet. I need that was to. good. That was a very good one. Here, here's the thing: if Akita is just a movie, I'm holding hopes that because there's only one movie, it won't be terrible. It won't be as bad as Ghost in the Shell, which had like what two, two or three movies tied to it. Ghost in the Shell one and two. So they had well, room Ghost to screw in the Shell's like a whole series. Well, yeah, there's a whole series, a multiple standalone, series, multiple complex stuff, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, there's room for them to screw up and be like, look at all this source material. Akita's just Akita. Like, come on, we we can do it. We well, can the get problem through, is Ryan. they don't use the source material. Well, they see the pictures and they're like, yeah, just make it look like that, but fuck it up. Hopefully we get. How can some... we make it look like this? But make it absolute garbage. Ryan, I'm going to try and trust in the process so my figures can go up in value and I can just sell them, damn it. Goku's obviously a white teenager in high school. <laughs> That's what I get when I watch this show. I don't understand what they're saying. Tetsuo, I think that blonde guy over there fits the, the right, you know, image for this guy. Okay, so that and then uh, currently playing, I am still playing Plague Tale, which I got the name finally. It's Amicia and Hugo, and then we have Lucas that's following us, and then we have two thieves that I just came across in a game that are helping me out, Arthur, and then I don't remember the sister's name. But regardless, I'm on like chapter 8 of 17, so I think I'll have it beat by next week. We'll see. Depends on how much time I put into it. Um, so that's what I'm currently playing, and I'm absolutely loving it. So I've got pictures on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll get those handles in a minute. The other thing I'm doing is Cameo on the Xbox 360. That's the game my wife and I are playing. And uh, it's pretty good. It's not amazing, but, you know, for five bucks, it's not bad. And the next game I think I'm going to play is going to be Quest Arrest. So, Never heard of it. Yeah, so it's uh, an indie game made by this guy named John Rue. And he has the Rue Room on Twitter. So I'm going to check that out next. It's like a three or four hour, like, Pokemon-style police RPG. Hmm. Like, I got to check that out. Like, it sounds pretty cool. And then hopefully we can get him on uh, an episode in the near future once we've uh, played that game and kind of get his opinion on it and the process. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. So I'll try and reach out to Mr. John Rue later on. Okay, man. Uh, before we jump to our articles, we'll just let everybody know that you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. That is at Game Deflators on Twitter at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at thegamedeflators.com. And, of course, these podcast episodes, wherever you're listening right now, you can also find it on Spotify, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Overcast, CastBox, and wherever podcasts are found. All right. I understand you have a revenge trivia yes, question. Yes, trivia today. time, John. Trivia now you're time. in the hot seat. All right. All right. Let's get this going. So I asked John where he felt strong. He said he felt strong in the Final Fantasy genre. Okay, so, uh, guys, I'm screwed. So, John, I want you to list for me, I think three is a fair number. This is a pretty generous list. It's got, I don't know, a dozen items on here. Now, I'm, sure, list, I'm sure it's going to be like a Final Fantasy I haven't played yet, too. I want you to list three things that appear in pretty much every Final Fantasy game. Uh, Wedge and Biggs. That's going to be the first one. Uh, okay. Isuna would be a spell that appears in like every game uh 
It's not on the list. It's not on the list? Okay. I'll, I'll give you, I'll say, we won't go so specific as, as spell names, maybe. Okay, well, magic. Uh, let's see. Magic is on the list. Okay. Is Well, summons would be on the list in that case. But is Bahamut on that list? Or Shiva, I think, would be on that list because of, uh, I think she's in all of them, if I'm correct. Mm, no? Not on the list. Ifrit? He's not on the list? Nope. Really? Okay. All right, so Potion would be the other one. <laughs> I mean, it's not on the list, but I can't imagine you're wrong with that. I can't imagine I'm wrong yeah. either. For sure, Wedge and Biggs. Uh, obviously, Magic would be on the list. Uh, obviously, Weapons. Um, I'm trying to get a little more specific here, but go on. White Mage, Black Mage. We've got Mage. A, a character called Sid. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sid. That's true. He Moogles, is in all of them. Chocobos, Gil. Tomberries. No, Tonberries aren't in all of them. Uh, it says uh, Tonberry, Marlboro, really? Behemoth, Iron Giant, well, which, Coral, which final, Cactar. Hold on. Which Final Fantasies are we talking about? Is it like the 1 through 15 exclusively? Are we talking side ones? Because that's where... It's just it, it's just tropes throughout the whole series. Things that appear in multiple Because like, I don't know if Sid necessarily pops up in like Final Fantasy V Adventure. You know, like, that's where I would question, like, which Final Fantasy. So if it's 1 through 15, then yes, I, I would be, like, Chocobo, Tomberry, all that, Cactar. I was seriously, like, in this mindset of, like, Mystic Quest, Final Fantasy Adventure, like, all of these sidebar things. I was things. Starting, like, I'm trying like, to trick you. I was like, what What appears in every single one of those? All right, so. well, I'm going to give John the win on this one. Good job, John. All right, thank you, thank you. Wasn't too difficult, people. All right, we'll uh, we'll do some more trivia next week. I got you next week. Okay. Or if you want to do two, maybe... I'll I'll think on it. Yeah, you'll get next week, and then we'll flip flop it. Okay. So our first thing here, we're gonna combine three articles. So we've got the X because they all kind of like mesh together. The Xbox Series X and S joint Xbox All Access. So here's what you need to know. Uh, that one is gonna be by Matt Paget at GameStop. I mean, GameSpot. Always well, make that mistake. Always, but it doesn't matter because GameStop is right there. GameStop will reportedly offer payment plans for the PS5 and Xbox Series X consoles. That's by Brittany Finley at Game Rant. And then GameStop will close at least 400 stores this year. That is also Eric Rice at Game Rant. So, so let me jump into this because this is like the most bizarre thing. You can buy... An Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S through All Access. Now, through the All Access, you wind up paying for the Series X or S over the course of two years, bundled with two years of Game Pass Ultimate. Which now, is actually discounted, I think, when you well, pop that in there. And now uh, EA Play just got wrapped up into that service last week. So that's like an extra... Amount that's not even totaled on top, but just with like those two things, you wind up saving $60 overall on the Series S and $20 overall on the Series X. Now you could do that for 25 bucks a month and 35 bucks a month. And obviously pay more if you wanted to in oh, that case. And you can do this service through Best Buy, GameStop, and a bunch of other retailers depending on where you live. Or you can go to GameStop and put one on layaway and keep going in there and just pay them whatever you have until you eventually pay off the system 
and then take it home with you and then buy your own Game Pass Ultimate on top of that and wind up paying full price for both while you can also do the better one in the same location? Like, how is GameStop competing with themselves this poorly? Like, they're offering one service that far surpasses this other thing that they're trying to do and they're closing 12 more stores like what happened man well okay so a couple things here on the payment plan with GameStop still reported I don't think it's been officially confirmed I think they're just kind of looking into doing this but if they do it how stupid is that like, Nobody would do that. No, like, I mean, well, you would have some people that are dumb enough to do it. Like, but you some don't people get don't... the Game Pass Ultimate. Well, here... you wind up paying full price. Well, I can see it from and a you don't get things. to take it home with you until it's fully paid off. The so, other way, you just take it home with you. True. Now, with the Xbox Series S, I guess if you didn't want Game Pass Ultimate, you would have the ability to get one of the lower tiers. Like, I think it's like 10 bucks if you get like the console only version which I've looked at a couple times because I've been looking for PC. But at the same time, like, you're right. It's dumb. Like, if you're going to save some money in the long run because they're going to bundle the service together, if you save with the Series X, say, $50, $60 over the course of two years, well, that breaks down to 30 bucks a year, which is, what, I don't know, $2 more to bundle it up than you would have if you got, like, like, you'd basically be paying $2 extra per month to have Ultimate you know, versus doing like the standard $9 or $10. Like, it's just, it's so dumb. And then on top of that, the whole thing of like closing stores down to, to cap it all off. So you're looking at closing more stores down, which is going to put you more on an online digital focus. So how are you even going to get used games to begin with? And then you're going to have people in there and you're offering them a digital only console and you're offering them stupid payment plans that they're not going to take because they're going to go directly to Microsoft. You might get a little cut of it, well, I think that's the thing with uh, I think Microsoft is paired with these stores because right now, like I went on last week to the all access site and this was like the day before all the Series S stuff dropped. So there was obviously a bunch of changes since then. So I don't know if you can go back and if it still shows this, but like it showed that Best Buy was the only current retailer, but then it had like. GameStop and like a few other brands that I don't remember uh, coming soon. So like well, they've obviously like electronics and other stuff. Yeah. Like that. So they've obviously been like lining up to have these partners because like I think you just buy the plan through Xbox and then you probably get some code and you walk into a GameStop and you walk out like a robber with a console and then other people walk into GameStop and they say how can I get one of these Xboxes and GameStop is polite enough to say well give us money until you've paid off the whole thing and then we'll let you take it. Yeah, like I trust GameStop with yeah, with pre-orders and my mo- like at this point whenever I do pre-orders it's like 5 bucks down and that's it cuz I don't trust GameStop to have all of my money up front. Like I never have. So to try and trust them with like hundreds of dollars well, is just ridiculous. It's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of like the car industry like you never buy the console from the manufacturer. You buy the games from the manufacturer, but like you have to go to like a retailer in order to be able to get the console or through some other online retailer. Like you, you, you can't just buy it from them, I guess, unless you had count like the Microsoft store. Mm-hmm. Like if you were walking into a Microsoft store, but there's no there's no savings. There's no difference in the price between going there and going somewhere else. But like, you know, 
it's not just GameStop sticker going out. Like the mall that closed over by me a few years ago had a Best Buy in it. That one's gone. Mm -hmm. So there's fewer and fewer actual places to go. And the closing of these GameStops is going to change like it's going to change the whole dynamic of like the gaming space. Yeah. The second, you know, secondhand market, which we deal in or you deal in. You know, that's going to be way different because a lot of people don't want to go through the effort. They'll go take the pennies on the dollar. The GameStop will give them and they'll be happy enough with it because they can get whatever the heck else they want. Or they're just buying all digital and they'll just forget that they ever owned those games to begin with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that's a whole other thing in itself and that you don't technically own the the software at that point versus secondhand. Like at any point, even if updates are gone, you could still play the game unless you're some like you know, bug ending or end game type of thing that screws you over. But I'm sure there's plenty of nice people on the internet that'll have those, you know, codes ready to go down the road. But here, here's the thing too, with this is PlayStation or Sony has, you know, we suspect that they're going to do this too. Or the GameStop's at least going to do it with Sony. Well, I mean, at the end of, I think it was the, um, the article by Matt Padgett here of uh, GameSpot he I believe it was in this one. He notes at the bottom that they would expect Sony to probably follow suit in this entire thing. Like if Microsoft is coming out with bundled payment plans for online service, it would only make sense to have a PS5 bundled with PS Now. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that like Microsoft has done over the years better than their Japanese competitors and like online play and stuff has been like a big like leader board for them like you know certainly catering to certain markets so it's like as like well i mean microsoft is a massive corporation i mean when you compare well them yeah to but i sony, mean just like mentality wise like maybe sony like i mean they haven't even announced how much their console is going to cost let alone that it you know already like microsoft's already been doing that uh, I mean, dude, all access we, with the current generation that's out now yeah. and sony hasn't showed any well, interest they haven't in had it. to but now with it being like from the gate, like Microsoft is pushing this. I could see Sony coming through and doing something similar, not only to push the PS Now service, but to also get those consoles I just out. don't think there's enough excitement in the PS Now service. Like, well, because, they haven't, and they haven't marketed it well. That's the issue. Like, Well, the huge advantage of like the Microsoft one is that you can play on pc pc you, if you have the uh, well, i don't X know about 360 Cloud. but xbox one for sure yeah if xcloud yeah. comes out on android you'll be able to use it on there and like you'll be able to go across all these different consoles and you'll be able to have cross-platform play well and you can on do a lot that of these with sony games. though like i could play there's not a lot of sony games that you could play with people on pc and xbox well no i get that but I what think i'm saying fortnite is, was like the big one i'm pretty sure you can put playstation games on your phone and hook up a controller to it via bluetooth like i recall that being something i could do no no i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like if you're on your phone and our other friends on his xbox oh, I and you. i'm on my computer we can all play the same game together like i'm gonna get a series s i've decided i'm gonna go through the all access i'm gonna get the series s and all my friends that just built pcs i'm gonna be able to play games with them again because well, yeah none of us are gonna buy a ps5 well and i'll be able to play games with you too because i'll have my pc going yeah so yeah i mean we're all gonna i think and that's part of it too a lot of discussions i've heard in different forums and such is you know, we're kind of getting to the point now where, you know, PC, everybody jokes about it being the master race and everything. But at this point, like PC is really with the NVIDIA cards coming out and, you know, or the 30 series, really not NVIDIA cards and then the 6000 series for AMD. 
this is really going to become a battle between I wouldn't even throw Nintendo in this, but Xbox, PlayStation and PC at this point. Well, like, I mean, I think it's super PC's like, always been like the best place, but it's just so expensive. Like, yeah. there's no other way to get like. But these cards are going to make it super affordable for people like a yeah, 2080 Ti was sitting at what, 1500 or something when it came out. Now you can get the same performance as 700 or no, actually same performance at 400 or 500 with the 3070 and then the 3080 is like 700. So while I get it, like to boost up to the next grade at this point and get like great performance out of your graphics card, it's not that expensive now. It's becoming more affordable. Yeah, but it's not 299. Oh, I get it. The yeah. 299 of the Series S is like, it's going to be the most powerful thing in my house and it costs me the same as my Switch yeah, and they're saying 1440p up to 120 frames per second, which is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Now, it's still kind of underpowered in terms of if you've got, you know, 40k, 100 frame, 120 frames per second on a PC, but that's still not bad. Like, the human eye, I don't think, is going to catch necessarily all of that. Well, this is my, this is my thing. I'm going to use it as a stand-in because it's going to be all digital. It's going to be on the game Man, pass. Like, little. there's not going to be, like... There's probably not going to be many games that aren't going to be on Game Pass that I'm actually going to buy. Like, I really anticipate just using this as a way to play the games that are available to me so that I don't spend a lot of extra money on it. Because ultimately one day it won't be worth very much because it'll only have whatever games are installed on it. And that'll be it because Game Pass probably won't be a thing eventually and stuff, but blah, blah, blah. But... I can use it as a standstill until or stand in until they come out with a better looking PS5. Yeah. That's second gen PS5. And then I can just throw that white brick out the window and get myself like real souped up. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, I'm taking a similar route, but obviously going the PC route um, in that I want to have something that's going to be souped up where I can play next gen games, be in, you know, the mix for all the new stuff that comes out. And then when a new PS5, like PS5 Pro, we'll call it, comes out down the road, then I can pick that up, you know, because that'll be a, at a pretty decent price point, play my exclusives and everything else. Unless Sony, of course, starts bringing exclusives to, to you know, PC, which they've done a few. But if they start bringing like new exclusives, like at that point, why would I get a PS5? Yeah. You know, like I might as well get the VR for PS4 like I've been contemplating and then just get the PS5 or, uh, you know, PS5 games on PC. So... There's a there's a whole lot of options out there. I mean, that's kind of a, at the end of the day, that's, you know, really what you got to consider. So anybody listening is you're going to have a ton of options. You've got the 30 series Except cards for coming places out. where to sell your used game. Except that. Yeah. So you got the 30 series cards coming out or already out for, I think, uh, the first set. I think the 3090 already came out, if I'm correct. But you've got all these cards that are coming out for PC. Uh, AMD's got their stuff. They have a whole big announcement happening like October 28th for their new cards and their new processors. You've got PS5 coming out. You've got the uh, Xbox series that are coming out. And there's a rumored Xbox Series V for a digital version of the Series X, which is ridiculous. Um, PS5, you know, we've got the, the digital-only version. So tons and tons of options out there for folks. And as we'll get into a little bit later here, you've even got the uh, Nintendo Switch, which is supposed to have, like, a Pro version coming out this year or next year. So, like, it's ridiculous. Like, what a crazy year for gaming overall. And if anything that we've stated on the GameStop uh, price point as far as, or not price point, but payment plans and Xbox plans where maybe we haven't caught where like GameStop is better, definitely let us know because I'm curious 
to see like opinions on like why you would go either way. Like, I don't see a reason to go GameStop's route no. at all. I, I really don't. So unless there's some hidden reason as to why we should definitely let us know on social media. Okay. Uh, next thing we got here, dude, this is actually pretty cool. Sony celebrated its uh, 25th anniversary of the PlayStation one in North America. And that mm-hmm. was a few days ago. I think it was ninth. Wednesday or Thursday. It was the ninth, the ninth. So yeah. Uh, so Wednesday, dude, there's so many flipping memories of the PlayStation one. I, the only thing I don't remember is how I even got my PlayStation one. Right. I cannot remember. Like I can vividly remember like when I got my super Nintendo, my PlayStation two, my PS three. Like I have those memories kind of baked in my head of when it happened. I don't know how or when that it PS1, just shows up in a memory. It just it shows up in a memory. And my brother and I were playing lots of demo discs. Yeah. I can recall my first um, experiences with it being my cousins playing a PlayStation one. They were playing Rayman on the console. And I remember looking at Rayman saying, this is so stupid compared to the Mario games I'm playing. And I remember playing a lot of demo games and such with my brother, uh, NFL game. It was NFL game day. I think is what it was called back then. 98 or 96. Uh, so I was playing that a lot, and uh, I remember all the scratch discs and, you know, knowing, crap, this doesn't work, i got to go buy a new disc, because at the time I was too young and didn't realize that disc genies or whatever were a thing, and so it always resulted in brand new games, hence why if you ever see somebody at a yard sale selling, like, three copies of a game, it's because they didn't know they could buff it out. It's usually how it works out. So, yeah, I just I can't believe it's been 25 years. Tons and tons of great games. Uh, Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9. We had the anthology series. Chronicles was on there with Chrono Trigger on that console as well. Uh, Chrono Cross, Legend of Dragoon, Gundam Battle Assault, and like tons and tons of other games uh, during that era. And then now we've got, you know, obviously the PS5 coming out four generations after the fact. So this is super cool. And you know, definitely let us know your PlayStation memories on our various pages. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to anyone out there that's still holding on to that original PlayStation that they had as a child. Like, man, kick myself every time I think about like old consoles that I wish I still had around. But, you know, I have my little PSX with my little screen and I love it. I never use it, but I love it still, you know, big fan of the PS1. And I think that, uh, it's just it's so crazy that it's been 25 years like you know playstation one like i gamed before that but that was like the real pull into gaming and to think that it's been like most of my life you know by you know 31 at the end of the month so well and it's kind of it's kind of cool when you think about it like you've been there for the entire yeah the whole run yeah it's not like Nintendo, like the NES, which was, it predated us a little bit, right? Not by much, but it's predated us. And things like Atari and all of that, like, while That's they're just cool things and, that happened before we yeah. came around. And, like, we play those things, but, like, we've been there since PlayStation was a thing, like, when it first came out, and have been with that its entire life cycle. So it's, like, actually kind of cool to think about when you've been with one company's product for that long. Yeah, and like that's what makes it so tumultuous like this year especially like i remember months ago like early in quarantine maybe even before quarantine us talking like this is ps5 to lose like sony's the market leader like they're gonna blow this out of the water like it's gonna be amazing the ps5 and it's like to see how 
much they've kind of fumbled through all this stuff. Like, it's been a crazy year for leaks, too. Like, the fact that the Series S and stuff got, like, leaked and the price point and everything. And then they were just like, yeah, yeah, here, here's all the info. We'll just give you all the info. And it's like, PlayStation's just not saying anything about the price still. Like, it took them forever to even show it. Like, I would have loved for this year their 25th anniversary for them to like be that strong powerhouse and come in on top like we both expected like they fumbled this so hard that i'm getting an xbox and i'm yeah. gonna save 60 dollars doing it yeah like the fact that they've driven me like one of their like targeted core like memorable fans to the other side with just how off-putting all this has been between like you know I don't like the way it looks. You know, I'm tired of speculating on everything. Like everybody's positive. It's going to cost a fortune or they're just going to have to lose out on it and just lose so much money per console that it's like, you know, we're definitely going to have $70 games. Like no question, maybe $80 games. No question. Like they're going to have to make up for that revenue somewhere. Yeah. And it's pushed me, you know, away as well. And it's not even as strong. Like, it's not even as strong as the Series X. Yeah, well, I mean, from a, a technical component, but, you know, that's always been one of those things that when you look at Sony's consoles in the past... $299! Well, yeah. They were the 299 people! They were. So, Sony's consoles, in the, well, this time they're going to be 498 and 298 Just you wait. So, I mean, <laughs> when you look at Sony's consoles in the past, the PS3, I think, was underpowered compared to the Xbox 360, if I recall, from a, a technical component standpoint the ps4 i believe was also underpowered as well to the xbox one so underpowered hasn't really been an the, issue i think the original ps4 was stronger than the original xbox one wasn't i don't it? i don't remember offhand all i know there's is like that three of each all it's I, so hard to count all the consoles anymore all i know is that when you start looking at companies like nintendo which is severely underpowered compared to the other two next gen consoles that are out in market for now for now that's true uh games are what truly matter at the end of the day yeah and hence why microsoft has picked up so many flipping studios in the last several years is because they've understood but they've learned right so they've looked at and said we've got this the you know the hardware it's there it's definitely great hardware but we don't have the software we got to get people here with the games so by and you can always rely on those people that are going to be like the yearly buyers of their same game but those like real big pushes to get somebody from the other side to jump ship because of that game. Well, and like Senua is a, a good, you know, part of that. Like I absolutely loved Hellblade and I want to play the next game. Microsoft acquired the flipping studio. I don't want to buy an Xbox because I don't want to lock myself into but one. But you could just get a computer. But I'm getting a new computer, which pans out just as well. And I'll yeah. be able to play that game. So that type of stuff has kind of pushed me away from Sony in a sense that I have that availability of a PC. But I'm still an avid PlayStation fan, and I will get a PS5 down the road, primarily for the exclusives that are on that console, and then the flexibility of being able to like sit on my couch and play my games, right? Because yeah. I'm not gonna have my computer out there. It's yeah. just not gonna happen. So I do have I do have that as like kind of a buying point down the road. But just I don't know, several weeks ago, man, I was like, I'm going to likely buy a first gen PS5. That transition from my motherboard and everything else crapping out to, okay, well, I just need a PC. Let me just front the money. Yeah for a new PC and the extra money it would have gone towards a PS5, put into a graphics card, mm-hmm. wait a few years, and then get a PS5. Like, I'm going to be up to next gen. 
I'm going to have my PS4 games so I can catch up on my backlog, and then I'll, all the PS5 games I want will be much cheaper secondhand market, and I'll get those down the road too. So it's uh, it all goes together, man. Just like that last uh, section we talked about in the news, there's a lot of options available for people. And uh, speaking of options, so uh, Nintendo is reportedly telling developers to make their games 4K ready. This is Andy Robinson at VGC, so it's a video game chronicle. And uh, dude, we've heard so many random Nintendo Switch things over the years. We had that article several years ago about a handheld version. We were like, okay, that's crazy. Like, why would you do a handheld? And then they did it. And then they did it. So I'm not putting it past them to do a pro-type version of a uh, Nintendo Switch. They've so, got to call it the Switch Heavy, right? They have to like, call they it the have Switch They have the Switch Lite, so it's they need the Switch be. Heavy. The Switch Heavy needs to happen. <laughs> or it's going to be like a Switch 2 3DS. Uh, who knows? Um, or Switch 2. I don't know. The new Switch 2 3DU. That's exactly what it's going to be. It's basically a Wii U handheld. That's what it's coming down to with higher quality graphics. So I always just question this. Why the hell didn't they do this to begin with? Like, why didn't they do a higher powered console? Well, the thing is, And have man, it, like, downgraded on hand size graphics, but have the dock set up in a sense that... The thing is, man... Continue. Is that the Switch... Is really, like, a better DS than it is a better Wii U. Like, that's kind of what everybody does. Like, you know, the portability of it is what makes it the Switch. And to just make a non-portable version of the switch is just not even the same thing anymore no but like i can see why it would have been too confusing at launch to have a switchable version a non-switchable home only version and a non-switchable portable only version like i could see it being a good way to put it out one at a time staged a few years apart give everybody in the market to like have these options because you want to target the broadest audience first and then the lowest entry point audience second and then lastly once you've got enough titles under your belt that you can be like all right next genify all this stuff we're gonna bring everybody in with some 4k breath of the wild some 4k mario odyssey like let's tune all this stuff up because the but, people who have already played it will be able to come back to it because it's been years now and get reinvigorated by those things and wanting to see them upgraded and also bring in the people that are like, I, I can't take all this Xbox and PlayStation stuff anymore. I'm done with it. Give me some Nintendo. But here, here's uh, here's what you just brought up, and I'm kind of laughing about it. Breath of the Wild Enhanced Edition, $59.99, comes with a paper map. Like... That's what I see happening next gen for Nintendo. Like, and not even next gen. They're just flipping upgrading. Like, it's so dumb. Like, Nintendo is quite possibly the laziest, most predatory company that I have ever experienced. Like, And that's seriously. why they decorate your walls. They do decorate my walls. It's ridiculous, dude. Like, look at all this Nintendo stuff. I need to take it down and get PlayStation stuff. There's so much Nintendo Don't in here. Don't you mean PC stuff? No, no. You can get some PC stuff some up P- in just here. Just have motherboards on the wall and stuff now. And yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I love my Nintendo stuff, like, I definitely do, but as I've grown older and as I've experienced this more and more, they're crazy, man. Like, you could have released a higher-powered console when it came out and had, like, just say the dock. Just say that had all the components or something. Yeah, that's what... And had, like, a chip in it and everything, and you could play, like, higher-quality games by inserting your game to the docking station or something, and then 
you pull off the handheld console if you want to take it portable yeah. and it's just lower quality like why why do this to us nintendo what's wrong with you well the thing is like nintendo always makes gorgeous games like they pushing do. the yeah. edge of graphics has never been like the necessary thing like just because all these new 4k well, mario systems... and zelda print money like you don't need to worry about high quality when you've got the you're the only console that has those games yeah. which is what's kind of been sony's thing obviously for many years but you know sony releases new experiences with those same characters so like while uncharted for example is the same type of gameplay that you're getting it's a whole totally different experience and story each go around with better graphics yeah Whereas with Mario, it's like, we're going to release, you know, Mario Maker 2. Like, okay, why didn't you just do updates for Mario Maker 1 or release Mario Maker Enhanced Edition only and not worry about it too? Uh, you're re-releasing GameCube and Wii and uh, what's the other one that's on there? Like, just the 3D All-Stars games. Like, you're releasing... Mario 64. Yeah, Mario 64. That's the one I don't like. So, you're releasing all of these games with, like port versions that have like kind of updated graphics oh i just learned about how bad crystal chronicles port was wait how bad it was yeah oh man i was looking forward to that too oh, dude yeah pro jerry made a video about absolutely like, crappy yeah, yeah. And I, as soon as you started talking about it i was just like oh no they are terrible at all that stuff yeah right so like but then sometimes they can make some like really cool stuff like the um the remake of uh link's awakening yeah, yeah. That was like, dope. Yeah, that's super cool. So, like, why isn't Nintendo doing more stuff like that? And it comes down to that whole thing of they just don't care. Like, they can bring I back, think they like, care. Four... They just care really hard about stuff that we don't always care about. That's true. And like, like, we would love for them to make good online play for anything without friend codes and giant number strings and letter variants and stuff. And it's like, why? I... And they're just like, because you don't need to have a profile and an icon and yeah, you don't stuff need the, like that. the cool stuff that makes it interactive. You'd like to be able to chat through the game console? That's what phones are for. Yeah, right? <laughs> We've got an app for that. Come on. You, you don't need a 4K version of Mario 64, and we'll take it off the internet. You need the port that's just slightly upgraded. Like, there's it's literally... not even the 3DS version. I know. I thought or for the, sure the it would be version. the DS version, yeah, well, but it's here, not. Here's the thing: like somebody literally made a 4K version of Mario 64 and put it on the, on the PC for download, and people are playing that, yeah. right? And Nintendo's just like, we're gonna take that off the internet. We're not even gonna take it because, like, it's their product. I mean, they could very well take. They their could product. do that if they want. Yeah, they could be like, okay, yeah, give us all your code. Like, it's ours. Like, yeah, we don't care if you made it. It's our proprietary, yeah. you know, stuff. There's literally a 4K version sitting out there in the internet that they could take source code from and modify it and do what they need to do, and they're not. They're making a crappy port version. So, how do you think that Nintendo is going to handle making these 4K games available, and what kind of games do you think they that they're going to have? Like, do you think that they'll do like? I like think how they'll... Witcher, like Witcher Three, is getting updated. Like, there's no reason they couldn't do like we said, like odyssey breath of the wild splatoon arms like all those games with like a crazy new like coat of paint on them would be like spectacular yeah but i wouldn't put it past nintendo to release enhanced editions of these games and put them at full flipping price and then keep the old versions like ten dollars cheaper 
I mean, that's what happened with uh, Control, and then they just did that accidental release of it to people, even though they were like, no, we can't do that. Yeah, like, kudos to Nintendo, in a sense, for keeping their product hot and keeping it available. Um, they are not always at least willing to sell most of their things that they've sold before. They're well, always willing to yeah. sell it to you again. Like, kudos to them, because they basically print money, and, uh, you know, they make quite a bit of it off of these consoles and games, but... You know their ability to keep their stuff priced high like breath of the wild is still a 60 dollar game like you know you might find on sale for 50 maybe 40 if you're like super lucky during like holiday season but for the most part their games are full price and are always full price even their crap well, games are full price well here's here's a question then john we always talk about this usually in the next section but uh as far as like inflation and deflation like there's no way that breath of the wild isn't worth $60. Like it's an awesome, like, yeah, I, I get near that, man, perfect but... game, but like, does it have to depreciate in value? Like, isn't it just as good on the day that it first came out as it is now? I totally get that. And I can totally, you know, empathize with the whole thing of like Nintendo saying, cool. Like, we're just going to keep this game at $60. Cause that's what it's worth. And you're willing to pay that. Like, I totally understand that component of it. But at the same time, like, you keep your games at such a high price point that are people really, I, I guess they will buy the consoles. I mean, I get it. Like Nintendo knows their art, they know their craft and you know, people are going to buy it and they're going to spend the money. So why lower the price point? Totally understand where you're coming from. It's just as a consumer, it's super frustrating and it makes you wonder like if Nintendo lowered their games after several years of them coming out, would they draw in more people? That are willing to purchase a switch like would they be able to get more games sold and increase I think that selling adoption? consoles at affordable prices just always made it so like you could always get into a console and a game or two and i think that's part of it too is like they sell the consoles at such an affordable price without all the crazy hardware specs that you have with sony and microsoft and they keep their games high because you got to make your money back somehow right so we're selling a ton of consoles the digital stuff like they're big with digital like they're and all their stuff on digital is priced at the they same always price. have those killer sales yeah so like i get it i see their business model i understand it but so it just sucks <laughs> like that's all it is john wants cheaper games i want cheaper games i'm i'm cheap okay so our inflation deflation for the week Prince of Persia was released in 1989. Uh, this is by Broderbund. It well, was... it's the 1989 version of Prince of Persia. Okay, gotcha. Like, like I don't know, because this thing was ported to, like, so many different consoles and available pretty much everywhere. So it was the 1989 game, but, like, we played the NES today, which didn't come out until 92. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, hey, uh, we didn't uh, bring this up earlier before we get into our inflation deflation. Uh, so we just read a little bit ago, Sony has their showcase occurring on September 16th. So before we jump in, just to say oh, yeah. that is going to be happening this week. Um, and Ryan, do you have any speculation as to what we're going to see during that? I don't know. Outside of price point, I think price point is. I mean, they showed that thing. black version of the PS5 in that like little yeah, in that social media posting so, that you saw. Yeah, I think it was it PlayStation Blogspot or something. Yeah. So like, if they show off a black version, I guess that'll be different somehow. I don't know if it'll be a better or worse. Like, so I, who I, knows? I think we're gonna see, of course, uh, a new God of War 
maybe gets a trailer because there's a showcase and something to really amp it up. Their marketing has been terrible to this point. So any sort of new God of War trailer, I think, is really going to kind of blow it out of the water and get people excited again. Uh, we've already got all the other games that we've seen announced uh, via the last showcase, maybe even an Uncharted. Uh, you know, I know that the series is technically done, but do you have something where like his daughter kind of picks up the gauntlet and runs with it? And now we've got, you know, Drake's daughter running through and doing all these crazy things, you know, 10 years after the fact. And her dad becomes like the new Sully, you know, like I could see that being a pretty cool um, feature for that game series. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, I think we'll see the price point coming out. Uh, this week and um i mean it's gonna be like an hour long they gotta talk about more than just how much it costs yeah for sure i just i can't imagine what that they haven't already shown and i can't imagine that they're just gonna re-show more of the same they will they'll show more of the same because they always do that crap but i would like to see like maybe something more on the spider-man miles morales yeah like if we could get like some gameplay out of that or something yeah gameplay would be nice because we just got a lot of trailers last time so i'm sure we'll see some gameplay on those titles oh what was that uh hmm what was that square game that was announced oh, that didn't Athea. have very much yeah Athea, yeah that one was cool too and then returnal we'll probably see some more on that like i can definitely see us getting more gameplay than we did in the last uh, showcase but i really do think we'll get a few surprise titles out of this i can definitely see them doing a god of war trailer Maybe we'll get more delays more <laughs> delays yeah like and then i don't know if you saw but like you had to sign up apparently for uh, a notice or to reserve your spot in a lottery for PlayStation 5 because there's going to be a major shortage. Oh, wow. So, yeah, to, I probably shouldn't have said that because it lessens the odds now for me. But, yeah, there's apparently like a sign-up and they're doing, from what I was reading, it could be fake, but some sort of lottery system where you'll get notified that you can pre-order a PlayStation 5 or some crap. Man, somebody's going to like so many people are going to make so much money reselling those playstations that's kind of where i'm at like if i got picked for a lottery on that i would totally just sell it yeah you know like why keep it like yeah. just sell the damn thing and then get my pc uh okay so now we will jump into our inflation deflation prince of persia v 1989 version developed by broaderbund and ported by motive time published by broaderborn and designed broaderbund I'm going to say Broderbund. And then uh, designer Jordan Mechner. Mechner. Mechner? I'm saying Mechner. And uh, it was released in 1992 and is a cinematic platformer with reception of around 9 out of 10. The last cinematic platformer you and I played was Flashback. I definitely enjoyed Flashback. I thought it was super cool. Great art style. Uh, great gameplay. This, 9 out of 10. I could see it, but it's flipping hard, man. Yeah. This game is hard. Yeah, it... It looks fantastic for, you know, what it is. Uh, those cinematic platformers always have that kind of extra There's like a coolness delay. to, like, their animation. Like, they really take a lot of care and stuff. Like, there's, like, definitely more interest going on than in, like, you're just generic, regular platformer. Because you're blowing by those mostly a lot faster, not spending as much time in one location as you are in this even though it's all pretty we suck we we got the sword we found the heel and we just couldn't stop dying in between doing those things and, and like, trying to get back to the other dude with the sword well and by the time we started thinking about stuff like oh i just gotta turn him around and like jump this way because i didn't realize at first i was trying to jump down onto a ledge i'm like why is he not grabbing the edge of the ledge yeah oh it's because it's realistic 
and not gamified where I have to turn my body around to then crawl down and same deal like and then having to do like the subtle step moving forward like stuff like that I mean it's it's one of those that I think if we would have spent more time with it we we spent what like 30 40 minutes on this yeah. just playing through it and kind of getting used to it I think if we honestly were like wanting to dive into this like 100% say we're going to beat this game we'd be all right like, I, I think we this got is... enough out of it to be like we understand how this works. And I how think this is a game that would be really gratifying to have had young because I feel like it would have been like one of those games that you really have to kind of like go up against the game and meet it at its own terms and like play the game it, the way it wants to be played. So it's like you have to like learn how to adapt your play style to be able to, you know, account for the positioning and like the fact that it, you can't react fast enough to get your guy to react fast enough to do half the things you would like to be able to do so it's like there's a lot of challenge built into a game like this and you know well we don't play enough nintendo games to begin with yeah so like where if we did play a lot more nes games like we play super nintendo and stuff a lot but if we played more nes games this would probably be a little easier transition to um, versus your basic shoot 'em up and stuff that we played in the past. This is just a super different style of gameplay. Yeah. And I can see from what we did and what we played why it would be considered a 9 out of 10. Because there's nothing wrong with the game. Mm -mm. It was just for us. It wasn't something we're used to. Now, as we got used to that, my God, dude. Like, this game flowed really nicely. Everything was, like, great from mm -hmm. what we played. Um I like that. Unfortunately, it just wasn't very much. Like, I really would like to say more about this game, but, like, the time, you know, that we spent with it was not long enough. Like, and it's, unfortunately, it's not a game that I would be interested in really spending much more time with. Like, it's definitely one of those NES games that, like, if I had it as a kid and it was hard and I knew that I would spend weeks and weeks and weeks trying to beat this thing because it would just be that hard and time-consuming, like, I wouldn't have gotten frustrated. But, like... In the modern day, with more options and better games out there, like, this was really good for what happened back in the day, but I would never go back and spend more time trying to get through this game. Well, and it's kind of cool when you look at it, because we played the PS2 version, well, not PS2 version, but the PS2 Prince of Reimagining. Yeah, and it really is a reimagining of this. So some of the things you're doing, such as, you know, climbing up on the walls and dropping down and picking up weapons and running through and your jumps, like, all of those are things that Ubisoft reimagined and put into a newer modern day title back on the PlayStation 2. And they even kept that element of cinema. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the sweeping scape and the movie feel and the narration. Like they really captured like what made the cinematic platformer of this cinematic and brought it into a, you know, a 3D yeah. action combat Yeah, and you platformer. can truly appreciate what they were able to do. Now, I can't appreciate what they're doing now with that crappy-ass trailer that we got for a reboot, quote-unquote. See, it's all Italian, folks. Uh, we had playing the whole time. Not reboot, but remake, right? Oh. Like, it's so dumb. Um, yeah, so honestly, we didn't even... Prince Persia was one I thought of last night, but... You know, I can definitely see where that reimagining worked. I can appreciate where this game was coming from and what we experienced in the time that we played it. But at the same time, you know, when you and I were playing uh, Wolfchild, you know, we didn't get super far in the game. But you beat I it. enjoyed it enough that I went back to it and beat it a couple days later. Mm -hmm. This isn't something I'd want to go back to a couple days later. You were talking play. about how you wanted to go back to Sands of Time last week. Yeah, yeah, I do. I want to play Sands of Time. So, like, there's certain games that when I play it, I'm like, wow, this is good. Like, I definitely want to get more involved in this. 
I don't want to with this game. Yeah. Like, it's just not one I want to jump back into. And it's not because it's, oh, it's an older game, whatever it may be. Like, I've played NES games that we've done in the past, and I've, I've wanted to go back to those mm-hmm. and play them. I think uh, Wampum is another one. I Wampum. really want to go back and beat Wampum. God, that I want to beat Fire and Ice. Harder. Like, Wampum was great. I love that game. That wasn't that hard. I sucked at that But I, I love platformers. So those are games that I've seen and been like, this is cool. I definitely want to play this. Not so much here. So 9 out of 10, you know, back then, yeah, I'm sure it was. Right now, I don't think so. But, dude, let's get into those brass tacks. You want to give us some good pricing here? All right. So, like I said, this game is on a bunch of different consoles. So, depending on what you have, you can kind of pay what you want. But the most expensive version is a complete inbox NES, which is $70.65. Cheapest version is the loose Game Boy Color. And we're throwing that on the list this week because... it's basically the same game. Like all the ports of this game are the same game. It's not like that usual, like, you know, the handheld is a totally different game. Uh, then, so we play the NES complete inbox. NES, like I said, is 70, 65 that peaked at 80 bucks back in August of 2017. And that's holding right now. Uh, the loose is 2479. That's peaking right now at that 2479 and going up. It was uh, it was right about this price point for the last couple months. Had a little dip, and now it's going back up. Like, what was it? What was it at pre-pandemic? Oh, why would you ask so me such I, a thing, John? right? So uh, we should probably start getting prepped for this. Um, so I picked this game up for like when it was back back when it was like fifteen bucks. I want to say a couple years ago at my old house, um, you know, out in the the southeast area, and. Yeah, dude. I mean, at the time, it was like 15 bucks, I want to say. And it, it, you know, I played a little bit of it back then just for testing purposes. And for some reason, I thought I would come back to it and give it a a shot, which I guess we have. And it just kind of solidified that aspect of, uh, you know, not really liking it. So you found it. Yeah. So like I said, it had been. It had been, like, high back in 2017, and then it had crashed way down to, like, 33 bucks in the beginning of February. Like a complete inbox? Yeah. Back in, like, February 2019, it was down around 33, and then it really shot up. I mean, it's been shooting up ever since February last year, so, I mean, the pandemic hasn't even brought it back up to its original previous highest point, so it's kind of just doing its own thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Pandemic pricing. Well, uh, you know, end of the day, what are your thoughts on here? Twenty four seventy nine, inflated or deflated? Dude, no way, man. No way. Inflated. Inflated. Inflated for sure. For sure. Like, Same if here, this man. was a game that I was gonna play, honestly, I'd probably pick it up on the Game Boy Color because, like, it's such a not needing to be a full screen on yeah. your TV kind of game. Mm-hmm. Like, this is definitely more like, you know. Sit down on your couch with a good TV show on and play some of this. That's how I would play it. For 10 bucks? Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. For 10 bucks, I can see the Game Boy version actually being worth this. Yeah, so I would say at 10 bucks for sure, like a Game Boy Color game. I would say on an NES, if you want that full screen experience, 15 bucks is about what I would pay. If I came across this, I'd be willing to do that if I wanted to play this game. Like if I saw pick like videos and was like, cool, like I definitely want to play this. I've seen other, somebody else's experience. I want to jump in on this. 15 bucks. Um, I think 24 is just a little too high on this for sure. 
And, you know, again, that's not to say that we can't appreciate a game like this and to say, oh, well, you well, didn't get an, far enough. It's an old game. It's on a bunch of different consoles. There's probably just not a bunch of NES versions laying around because it was, I think, twice as much as the next. Like most of these are like 30 bucks for a complete inbox. And it's a real historical game. It's got a lot of, you know, history tied to it it's uh, continuing to evolve franchises they're making the remake of prince of persia sands of time yeah there's a bunch of stuff going for this game but the price is just too much yeah too much too get much. it for something else pay what you want cheaper we go cheaper okay so uh that is that for this week so we're gonna call this one inflated inflated now here's a question for you next week i propose that we play mario strikers I've never played. I would love to. Cool. So Mario Strikers next week. I think it's Strikers. It's the one on the GameCube, so it's a soccer game. And mm -hmm. if for some reason my game doesn't work, I've got Strikers charged on the Wii. So we could totally play that on the Wii U because the Wii sucks. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, uh, this has been episode 97 of the Game Deflators podcast. Uh, of course, you can find us at thegamedeflators.com, social media, uh, at Game Deflators on Twitter, The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook, and then all of your podcast applications that are out there in the market. So my name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.